Technorama episode 725, Nationwide Emergency Podcast Alert System. When you hear that sound, seek shelter. <laughs> Actually, do you know why I named it that? Uh, does it spell something? N-E-P-A-S. Nepas. No. Oh. On October 4th, when you're listening to the, when we release the show, they're doing they're going to be testing the FEMA nationwide alert system. Ah, I thought 10-4 was like good buddy day. No. Well, that's true, but no, so everybody's phone, TV, like even the radio, everything is supposed to alert you. Okay. They're going to so, test it. And do you have to like respond and say, I got it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, open the window and yell out. I got it. <laughs> Everybody's going to be doing a reply all. <laughs> yeah. Please take me off for this distribution I, list. Stop hitting I, reply all. You just replied hope, all to reply yeah. all. I hope they, re- uh, they figure that in as a, uh, as a, uh, an issue. Don't, Except replies. <laughs> nope. Is she? Nope. You nope. Know the they're gonna learn. Systems are gonna get inundated trying to get replies. When, when the when the emergency broadcast system goes horribly wrong and you go like <laughs> reply all, Re- reply all. It didn't work. <laughs> I didn't get it. Get what? That's right. <laughs> if if Chuck and Craig had invented the national emergency broadcast system, yeah. <laughs> I would have chat GPT reply with automatic uh, crazy replies. That's hallucinating. (laughs) Yeah. Why is America replying to me? I didn't even start the regular with the regular spiel. Welcome to Technorama. This is the show that takes a lighthearted look at tech, science, sci-fi, and all things geek. And we are certainly doing that. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome to the show. If you're returning, welcome back. My name is Chuck Tomasi from Phoenix, Arizona. And right there is Craig Stepp. How you doing, Craig? I'm doing good. How are you doing? We've been doing this a while. A little while. A little while. 18 years mm-hmm. or so. so yeah. We Coming might get it right 19. this time. Maybe. There's, know, we can only hope. Like like Dave and Michael said, 725th times the charm. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. That's we cool. have some feedback. We had a question of the week for you last week. So let's... Pop in, play that music, and find out what it's about. Letters. Oh, we get letters. We get your letters every day. Mailman, mailman, mail today. Reach right in and pull one out. Those letters. I love those letters. Let's find out what you've got to say. Wait, they pull the paper out of the typewriter but keep typing on that. I just realized that. How long have we been playing that song? And I just You're not supposed to hit on the platinum. Come on, stop well, hitting the buttons. They are. I think I'll ruin it. <laughs> we just realized that. And if you're old enough to remember what a manual typewriter is and did and sounded like, good for you. I think that's our main demographic. Our question you know, of the week. Yeah, go oh, ahead. I was just saying, I love those old typewriters. They're so tactical. The way the keyboard feels and you have to... At least some of them, you had to slide the thing back, and there's a lot of work involved. In there was that one lady who made music out of that. Remember at, at the pa- uh, Parsec Awards, she was yes. singing a song, and it was like, oh, ding. yes, she had she was playing an instrument also, but uh, she was doing something with a typewriter. Yeah, uh, yeah, that, that was, was like the was rhythm, rhythm to her music. I, I'm, I'm trying mm-hmm. to. I'll remember her name later. Anyway, our question of the week: You've been abducted by aliens. Thirty minutes later, they throw you out of the spaceship because you wouldn't stop talking about what. <laughs> the virtues of open source software. That's your answer. <laughs> That's and my you're sticking to it. Gary Lindro says Babylon Five. Uh huh. Our own sweet Steve says our Lord and Savior Cthulhu. Yeah. <laughs> and he wrote something in Cthulhu Fagan. Cthulhuese. Yeah. I'm not like going to um, I'm not going to say it because it might like summon up Beetlejuice or something. I'm not sure. Right. I don't do those things. We also have Kyle Nishioka oh. saying, my fantasy Wait a minute. football team. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What, what, what? Uh, I didn't catch this until now. I see there's, I didn't see the comments. And he said, you might want to listen to this before you read my comment. Read what? Oh, the video? I, yeah. Too late. What was the video? I love how there's a C translation under here. 
and it oh i see it doesn't it's pronouncing what he wrote up there uh uh oh okay well we really blew that joke up didn't we steve (laughs) we jumped right to the (laughs) punchline sorry i think it's funny there's a c translation under here and all it does is translate our lord of the (laughs) savior cthulhu it doesn't translate anything oh you got the that's funny it doesn't translate cthulhuese very well if you listen to the if you watch the video i saw it for just a moment it starts uh it's singing the song with the yeah oh is that the one by tom smith cthulhu begging what a wonderful phrase oh no all right so kyle nisyoka says um, his my fan my fantasy football team. <laughs> you get booted out of the ship for talking about that. I yeah, like like what's what is football? <laughs> Jack Mangan, who was just here last night, said comparing <laughs> them the aliens comparing them to all of the Star Wars and Star Trek alien races. <laughs> oh, you know the Cardassians did it better. <laughs> I tell you another good conversation. Remember a long time ago, uh, which ships? Uh, would be better at attacking each other, like from Star Wars and Star Trek. I think they were doing that on Slice of Sci-Fi, and it was like that conversation went on for months. Oh yeah, I think that was what it was, wasn't it? About Star the, Wars the, versus Star Trek. They had they had a couple of themes that went on and on and on. Yeah, uh, my buddy Craig Watson says asking them about building the pyramids, uh, the Zaka uh, lines, and sinking Atlantis. Nazca lines. Yeah, I mean, Nazca. Yeah. Na- Nazca. That's where they Thinking race Atlantis. the cars really fast. Singing Atlantis. I think they built Atlantis. Did the aliens build it? Did they really? Yeah, they probably built it and got bored with it and put aliens. it back in the ocean. <laughs> yeah. Our listener Fritz says, My first impulse was Technorama. But then I realized <laughs> that they won't, they, they won't ever. Uh, they won't me ever leave their spaceship before I've told them every detail of every episode. Oh, wow. <laughs> or I've reprogrammed their main computer to download all episodes, the website, oh. and the videos on YouTube. Great. That helps our ranking. So that's how we... It wasn't a virus a... that killed in... in, in uh, the, 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 when the Martians invaded. It wasn't a virus that killed them. They just got bored to death with our show. Yeah, it was Jeff Goldblum that uploaded our show to the yeah <laughs> the mothership. <laughs> what does that Macintosh? <laughs> War of the Worlds ended with Technorama. <laughs> All right, so Mike Robinson says, depending on the day and my mood, no particular order. One Dungeons and Dragons three point five, two photography, three Art Bell discussed all the weird and bizarre crap going on in the world today, including them. And number four, the slice of sci-fi voicemail show with horrible ending and the great show being created in the same studio space today. Oh, that's he's talking about just show. Yeah. And uh five Ren Fairs in Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> just in Iowa. Yeah, just in Iowa. Yeah. I you know, I was just talking about that with Jack Mangan yesterday. I said, mm-hmm. you know, when I was when I was in Wisconsin listening to Slice or Winging It or whatever, it seemed so far away. And then I you know, pointed to the you know, the room twenty feet away. I was like, it was right there. It's yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like I I have this disconnect oh, yeah. in my brain that it was this place far away. It's like it's not far away anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's always far away from me for me. All right, John Kratzer says he would get kicked out of the ship because he's always talking about how good our AI is. <laughs> now let's All see right. we had a couple shares did we have anything oh i got a couple of comments on my share uh, yeah. my sister says she'd get kicked out of the ship because she's always talking about bunions <laughs> i'm sure they'd love to talk about that <laughs> larry hudrick says he'd get kicked out because he's always talking about donald trump okay i'm sure there's a lot of people that kick you out of their moving car too for talking about that and my brother Vince says, why they left Biden here? Wow, we're getting political now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the aliens oh, left boy. Joe Biden here. He was he was left here so long ago, like when the pyramids were built. You know, we were building the pyramids <laughs> and we forgot to pick up one of our friends. That was his job. <laughs> and uh, he's still there 3,000 years later. Yeah. 3,000. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's why Biden looks so old. Mm-hmm. So there's okay. an age joke in there, too. Yeah. I don't care who you are. That's just funny. Mm-hmm. 
That's our question of the week. We will be back with another one at the end of the show. And on the internet. And now we find out what happened on October 4th. On this day in history for October 4th, 2023, this is the 277th day of the year in the Gregorian calendar. That's going to come up in a bit. There are 88 days remaining in 2023. Oh, look, it was on this date in 1582 that the Gregorian calendar was introduced by Pope Gregory the 13th. What are the chances they named a pope after the calendar? Right. And on October 4th, 1883, the first run of the Orient, Ex- Orient Express. Ah. I think Pro Row was on there, right? <laughs> Biden was on that, too. <laughs> I just like to see you try and say Poirot's name. <laughs> Poirot. Whatever. Hercule. Hercule Poirot. You got to watch Strong Bad. <laughs> oh. <laughs> also, October 4th, 1927, Gutson Borglund began sculpting Mount Rushmore. Ding, 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 and- ding. Trust me. It's going to be great. Yeah. With one little chisel. All that. I, and also, today in 1957, Sputnik 1 became the first artificial satellite to orbit Earth. You know what? That's the second time I've heard about that today. October 4th, 1983, Richard Noble set a new land speed record of 633.468 miles per hour. Or if you translate that into kilometers, it's 1019.468. What? The decimal point is exactly the same. Witchcraft, (laughs) I tell you. He did that at the Black Rock Desert in Nevada. It was 38 years ago today (laughs) that the Free Software Foundation was founded, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. Yes! Wow, we we sound like we planned this show. <laughs> it's like the universe is converging in one point. Imagine That's what would happen 4th. if we did plan this show. Yeah, October 4th is a convergence point. Yeah. Also today in 2004, Spaceship One won the Ansari X Prize for private space flight. And October 4th, 2006... WikiLeaks was launched. October 5th, 2006, WikiMop was launched. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Couldn't resist. Happy birthday yeah. goes out of the state of Danish astronomer and author Christian Sorensen. Here we go. This is, Let's try this. Longamontanus. Born on this date in no. 1562. He's got a Longamontanus name. That's for sure. Yes. Yes, he does. Hey, spell it. I mean, uh, uh, how do you spell that? You spell it like it sounds. <laughs> Hello, French mathematician and huh? Go ahead. Uh, French mathematician and academic Louis Francois Antoine Argabost was born 264 years ago today. That's probably your best French you've done yet. Good job. We, we, we. C. American mathematician and suffragist activist Florence Eliza Allen was born on this date in 1876. And Herman Garot was uh, English. Aerodynamicist, and that's a, that's a new one on us too. And author was born on that same date in 1892. I think because he's English, it's Herman Glowert. <laughs> what, Glowert, whatever. Your, your French is leaking. <laughs> WikiLeaks is all over that. <laughs> Buster Keaton, the American film actor, director, and producer, was born 128 years ago today. That's well, 80 hex uh, for you and me. 80 hex. English reporter who secretly posed as a man to become a soldier during World War One, Dorothy Lawrence, was born 127 years ago today. That's 7F to you and me. <laughs> John Vincent Atanasoff, American physicist and academic, invented the Atanasoff and Barry computer. He was born today in 1903. That's... 8211 in hex. <laughs> the ampersand. He's talking about as the Unicode character for an ampersand. Yeah. Meant to fix Got that. Got in there somehow. Inventor of the Kenwood Chef food mixer, Ken Wood, <laughs> was born 107 <laughs> years ago today. Egotistical, buddy? Yeah. My name is Ken Wood. I shall call this the Kenwood Chef Mixer. I'll take the space out and make it one word. Ah, just like Iceland. Charlton Heston. The American actor, director, and played Moses. Well, he was a gun rights activist. Moses was a gun rights activist. You heard it here. He was born the same date in 1923. English-American author and actress Jackie Collins was born on this date in 1937. Edith Keeler must die. Yeah. 
American actress and activist Susan Sarandon is 77. Listener birthdays this week include John Dernholt, a.k.a. Joho, on October 6th. October 9th has two birthdays. Itsuko Rumke and Mario from New Jersey. Also on the 10th, we got two birthdays coming up with good friends of ours. Victor Cahiel and Garrett Rafal. Happy birthday to all of you. If it's your birthday this week, we wish you all the best. And if it's your birthday and we didn't wish you all the best, well, go over to the birthday calendar. Put your name on there so we know when to give you a shout out. We'd love to. It's free. We just have this form. You fill it out and there it is. Yep. Hey, we can make a song like that. There it is. Yeah, I think that's taken. Oh, darn it. Okay. Well, you know what else is taken? The end of this thing. Go over to yeah. chuckchat.com slash birthday. Did you put the link on the screen? I might have missed I it. Did. It was out the corner of my eye. Okay. Yeah. Then we will move on. Thank you. Thank you. And more thank you to everybody who has put their name on that. And we wish you all the best. So goodbye. There. Uh, random blue button because it's news time. Oh, great news, everyone. All right. Oh. Well, we do have some great news to start this out. Yeah. We have an MIT, was he a scholar, philosopher, or something? Let me get this. Engineer at MIT and China have what? developed a solar-powered system that extracts fresh water from seawater uh, efficiently and cheaper than tap. That's which the I quote. Was... Cheaper than tap water, which, yeah. when you think about it, it costs to put in the pipes, put in the pumps, put in the, you know, to get... Tap water to a lot of these people would cost mm-hmm. significant money. In fact, our church has a fundraiser where people run for charity and raise money and get uh, pledges and all this kind of stuff, which is a great thing, uh, but you can't do that everywhere. So they've hooked up this solar power thing on a small scale, and they said if they upscale it, well, then they could make, what was it, six, four to six liters of drinking water per hour and the parts of this thing would last several years before requiring any maintenance. That's so amazing. That's that's a step in the right direction. It's basically free because it's solar powered and it circulates things around and the salt doesn't get all clogged up in the system. That would be pretty darn sweet for a lot of people around the world. Mm-hmm. So thank you for that article. We have another one. Interesting picture. I'm going to do a screen share on this one just because it's such a cool picture. Let's see if I can enlarge image. There we go. And bigging it. Should have set up my screen sharing before. Share screen. Uh, window. Everyone. No, entire screen of this one. Uh, there we go. Now, they said this looked like a spider, and they called it the spider formation. It took me a while to like imagine that looked like a spider. It. Do you see a spider in that picture? Not exactly. Okay. See that diamond shaped kind of shape? Looks hole? like a little crater on top Make of that. Make that the body, and then all the dark splotches below it kind of look like legs. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And then it looks like a like hairy. It's like it's got a beard under it. It's, it's crawling <laughs> around in somebody's beard. Yeah. That's that's what yeah. it looked like to me. So yeah, you know, the NASA scientists probably didn't get much sleep that night. But they found this on Mars and they suspect it's from um Ice that's sublimated, like there was ice underground, okay. and sublimation yep. is when you go right from solid to gas. You don't go through that liquid stage, so it just kind of went, <laughs> and that's, you know, this picture that if you're watching the video, that's what you'd see. So, so what you're saying is that's like broken ground or yeah, maybe cavities? Sunk, yeah, kind of sunk in. Here, let me show you the one that was further up, because this is a zoomed in version. The one that was further up looks like this. Yeah. So if you zoom away and you can see it, they sort of rotated the image, but it looks like a mm-hmm. dimple. Uh, yeah. Almost like a crater where everything kind of sunk in. So lots of right. cool stuff out there. There is. When they say, I like the beginning of it. David Bowie was onto something with spiders on Mars. Yeah. <laughs> From Mars. <laughs> they, they also thought it was funny to close the article that way. Science aside, the high rise crater snapshot showcases the haunting beauty of Mars. This would be a great time to put on the rise and fall of Ziggy Stardust and the spiders from Mars and stare <laughs> into the crater from a planet far away. Right. We have not mapped everything there is to map on Mars yet, or at least not close up enough to see things like this. I'm sure it will reveal many, many more interesting secrets in the years to come. All right. That brings us to 
something very interesting. We gotta we gotta get to the hacks and strange stories on hey, this. One. Yes. First off, I think we're starting to prove that duct tape has a place in this world. <laughs> this is not. They were not talking about I duct know. tape. I know we weren't talking about duct tape, but yeah, go ahead. So a team of researchers at Dalhousie University in Halifax, Canada. Pardon me if I massacred that name. Never heard it. Read it. It's hurt. Seen it before. Uh, they discovered a simple and cheap way to extend battery life in smartphone and laptop batteries. So mm-hmm. currently, most of the batteries are using PET, polyethylene tetraphthalate. Terephthalate. Terephthalate. I thought it was yeah. tetrahydrine or something closer to that, but it was yeah. not tetra anything. It was terephthalate. I'm sorry, I'm not a scientist. Just go with PET. Okay, PET. Pet tape. And that's what's used to hold the lithium battery components together. However, it's prone to dissolving. You'd think somebody would have figured this out before. I know, right? So this this one guy says, well, if we use polypropylene tape or PP tape, <laughs> I'll say polypropylene. <laughs> PP. That it not only fixed the dissolving problems, gave you 10% more life to it uh and and solved a self-discharge because you know you leave something alone for a while and suddenly it's discharged even though you didn't do anything yeah. and it's off what the heck uh yeah. it solves that problem by up to 70 percent so the the article sounds optimistic and they say you know i'm gonna guess that the battery manufacturers the the phone manufacturers whoever it is are going to jump on this real fast well it's cheap. well how can they not yeah, well, I was going to say, how can they not? They said that the, the cost was the same uh, between the, the two different types of tape. But I'm also going to guess that it's going to take the next round of phones. Like, you're not going to see it in the uh, oh. halfway through the iPhone 15 changes. Bring, bring your phone in and we'll swap out the tape. <laughs> I don't, I don't for, know if it's something you can do, like, just because the battery itself is assembled and pretty much sealed mm-hmm. up. It's a it's a self-contained yeah. unit. It's not like you can no, unwrap some, it and it, put new tape on it. No, it'd be something that will come out over time. Yeah, like it'd be the yeah. iPhone 16 or the Samsung S24, 25, because they've got to change all change over their manufacturing processes. Not like you can well, just stick somebody on well, the end of the assembly line going, here, change, here's a new roll of tape for you to use. Well, not just that, but <clears throat> his uh, Adams's research paper just came out uh, in the natural materials uh, periodical. So it's got a, it yeah. went through peer review and all that kind of stuff. And now it's going to, so it's going to take a while before somebody makes sure that that is in fact, what's going to. Right. Yeah. That, that is not just a spoof like, Hey, cold fusion is real. Yeah. Uh, nothing here is real. Oh, sorry. So that's our hacks and strange stories. Time to give a shout out to the chat room. We've got Mike Robinson. He's hanging hey. out with us tonight. So it's not We're just a, talking about it's you. It's not a bug. It's a feature. <laughs> oh, like the spider on Mars. It's not a bug. It's a feature. Oh, <laughs> of course. That's the context I'm putting it in since we have no, uh, it's a job for, he says, it's a job for battery man. <laughs> All right. If you're hanging out, if you've got nothing better to do on Sunday nights at 8.30 Eastern Time, we'd love to see you here. We do our live stream to, let's see, Facebook, YouTube, and X, formerly X. known as Twitter. I guess, you know what? I have not even looked to see a stream on. I don't really use Twitter X, X anymore. So. I, I looked at it for the first time in about two weeks. <laughs> I know I'm auto-publishing some things there because I usually go, ah, here's something I can... Send from our social ambassadors. There oh, it man. is. We're we're broadcasting okay, there. Okay, so. good. But nobody's commenting from there. So. But that's not where our biggest audience lives. Yeah. Hang out with us. We'd love to see you and join in the chat. Now, let's hop over to Remember Winland. Yes. A 1981 YouTube video. <laughs> Imagine you know what? I will, you will sitting down. I will internet. never get tired I've seen these early reportings on the internet, especially one from 1981. That's right. Yeah. This this there... shows in all its four by three glory, if you can even call it that. Let's see if we can pop yeah. that back up there. This lovely lady 
who is going to tell us about the, I think it's the San Francisco Chronicle. Yeah, yeah they're, he's, they're talking about reading your newspaper on your computer. Someday. Yeah, this was an experiment in 81. Mm-hmm. They say, this is just kind of a proof of concept. So you got this guy banging away on his trash 80. <laughs> he said, the news comes up on your TV. Like mm, He stopped no. from he stopped playing uh, Oregon Trail for a moment to read the news. Looks like looks like he's <laughs> playing on a cocoa, but this guy later, he's he's clearly got a TRS eighty. Yeah. And uh, it's all text. They said no ads or no no pictures yet. Uh, but Yay. imagine someday <laughs> you could get all your news delivered to you, which is a little ironic as we were reading online news sites to get this article. True. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's an interesting look back into you know these people were pretty visionary. Now, let's see who's online. I can't read all of these clearly, but the Minneapolis Star, San Francisco Tribune, Examiner, the Chronicle. Los Angeles Times, yeah, if, yeah, San Francisco, Minneapolis Star and Washington Tribune. Post. So lots I can't of read that first one. Yeah, I can't, I can't read, read the first one. Last menu page, key digit, or. M for previous menu. <laughs> hey, how you like that UX? <laughs> God, they really worked hard on that. And then they, they actually did show one of the articles in here with a date. And it said uh, May, what was it, May 16th? There it is, May 16th, 1981. So by Gail Cook, Examiner right. Capital Bureau. So lots of little interesting Easter eggs. They had yeah, an move ad. Your, move your mouse. Move your mouse. They had an ad in the paper. Oh. <laughs> uh, they had an ad in a magazine that didn't have just that crummy text menu on it. It had like a copy and pasted newspaper in here. It says, well, it may not look exactly like this when we're done. Somebody used PageMaker on this TRS-80. <laughs> this is, this is the, they, they literally wallpapered their yeah. newspaper. Kind of like a closed up shop window. <laughs> this computer took three hours to download that one picture. Well, that was the other thing they said. They said to download your newspaper would take what, two hours on, on a dial-up yeah. connection? Because I think I saw this guy reading at 300 baud. And they said, what was it, at $6 an hour? Uh, that at the end, they show this guy uh, passing uh, selling newspapers on the corner. They go, this guy's in, you know, does not fear for his job. Yeah, wait a few years. <laughs> yeah. See if you're a little yeah, Now, stand. all of our jobs are in danger with AI. So, when's the last time you saw a newsstand, either manned or unmanned? When's the last time you saw a newspaper manned or unmanned? There, there, I have seen like the newspaper cabinets, but they're always empty. I, I'll tell you this. Uh, I saw a newspaper the other day, it was one of my local ones, but it is like super thin. There's like, well, they narrowed you know, them up to save paper, first of all. Well, that and it was more like, uh, <clears throat> I would I would classify it more as a glorified pamphlet rather than a newspaper because I when I used to have a paper route and when I would roll those Me things too. up, you know, it'd be like it would be a good bit of paper. You rolled them like, up, huh? You rolled them up. Yeah, Not I'd tr- have to go. I had to pick up my newspapers. Uh, I used to DJ at night, so after the I did that about two or three in the morning, I go pick up. Uh, the papers, when I was done with that, with the bar, I go pick up newspapers and I'd be in the car rolling them and throw them in the back seat, you know, and, and as I go in, I pull some up and I start, you know, distributing them. So yes, I had to roll some them. Some of them even landed on the porch once in a while. <laughs> well, I, I can think of a couple of houses where I, they were like, be sure to come and bring it and put it between the glass door and the regular, you know, like in a storm door. I'm like, you know, the worst part about that job was collecting. Oh, well, nobody was luckily, ever I home. I didn't have to do that. Um, they oh, they did. paid the the newspaper directly, so I wasn't going to start collecting at four in the morning as I'm delivering the paper. No, you had to go out at separate times to collect. No, I wasn't going to do that. Ugh. Yeah, that was a. It's kind of interesting to do that in the middle of the night. Craig was a DJ and a newspaper out. Kids, stay in school. <laughs> well, hey, I figured I, I got off work and I figured, well, I got to. You know, I could either stay up just a few more hours and do another job, you know, or go straight home. So let's see what, what kind of job would piggyback right on to staying up late and closing down the bars. Mm-hmm. I could well, be an EMT. Uh, now, nah, well, I think I'll go with the newspaper thing. Well, I got that 
well, I didn't say I get the idea, but my friend um, who was also a DJ, he did the same thing. So he had a paper route. Um, so he had turf wars. And I was like, this is my paper No, route. he had his own. Um, <laughs> he had his own, but yeah, it was, sometimes it was a little scary at night. You know, some of the, the roads I was on, you know, you see things. <laughs> you didn't have to deal with snow. No, I didn't have to deal with snow. Yeah, that was. That I got was a story about a dead body, but I'll save that for another time. <laughs> oh, so there's skeletons in your closet. <laughs> I didn't kill anybody. Yeah, I threw the paper, <laughs> hit him in the temple. In the... <laughs> no. Uh, oh, by you the way, Mike you, then you weren't doing it right. I'm sorry. Mike Robinson says he was. He thought we, we was hoping we we're going to talk about the exploding whale video. No, no. the infamous. <laughs> That's <a> terrible video. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, do have something else though that'll take you back the yes. oldest living torrent is I now know, right? 20 years old this is a fanfic called the Phantomatrix. it's a 16 minute amateur trailer did you watch this i've seen it a long time ago i didn't watch it recently. i i didn't i never heard of this so i had to watch it was yeah. it was a pretty well done they said they made it over nine days on an 800 mm-hmm. dollar budget I mean, the lighting and whatnot isn't too bad, but the camera work is all of it's handheld. Yeah. Like I said, I, as well, I probably saw it not long after it was put up. I don't, it's been a long time. The, the, the people have British accents, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so back then, 20 years ago, most of the people had, you know, maybe 56 K dial up broadband was starting to make a scene in, in the early two thousands. Um, right. And this thing was, how big was it? It was like 60, 38 meg or something. I forgot what they said. It's not, it's not high res by any means. It's kind of blurry in spots. Uh, But you know, that would take a while. So they, they decided to adopt a new technology called BitTorrent, Mm -hmm. which was created by Bram Cohen from the University of Buffalo in 2001. And uh, they use it to distribute it and... There's still a, a fan base out there. They were trying to celebrate the 20th anniversary, but it didn't really amount to much. So they're starting to make plans for maybe the 25th. We'll have merchandise and <laughs> and merchandise. That's what they said. Oh, so we'll see. Yeah, I remember uh, when BitTorrent came around, and I was trying to wrap my head around decentralized file sharing. And once you kind of get the idea, it's, it it's actually. It's pretty powerful. It's uh, not that much different than, you know, how packets are routed. They don't all take the same path. No, but just uh, uh, to deliver files that large, uh, especially when you had dial-up, because you could could actually stop it and then come back and you could restart it, and you were getting it from other people. So Mm -hmm. you didn't have to worry about somebody having bad bandwidth. You know, it was a mix because... uh, it was shared across several things. You could get some of it, most of it faster than other places. Um, it, I mean, no. the, the, the concept isn't, is also very closely related to, um, in the, in the old days when you wanted to send a binary file, you had to actually encode it. Mm-hmm. So you would do this step called UU encode. So it would yeah. turn the binary file to text and mm-hmm. to make things even more fun. You, there was a, there's like a finite limit on how big those, files could be so if you said hey i want to go download the latest copy of emacs you would have to go get i forgot how many it was if something ridiculous like 39 files 39 of these text files get them in the right order and then decode them and say just turn all that crap in that directory it's a bunch of text files into my binary file and it would magically work so part piecing or packetizing a large file isn't really surprising. And then one computer goes, here, you can have this packet. And the other one says, here, you can have that packet. And eventually they all wind up on your system. I mean, it it doesn't make it go any faster when you think about it. If all you got is a 56K modem, you're not getting the file any faster. But like you said, you you, you weren't beholden to HTTP transfer interruptions or, oh, we got to start over again. Yeah, fault tolerance was a big thing with this. so anyway, I just thought it was an interesting concept uh, when they did it. You're right; it's not ex- entirely new, but um, but it did. I wouldn't say it lasted too long because ba- uh, that's around the time cable modem started to creep up, you know, and 
Uh, I didn't make BitTorrent go away. I made BitTorrent accelerate. No, I mean that uh, bandwidth became more ubiquitous than it uh, than having to worry about dialing up on a fifty six. That that was a modem. slow burn though. That took a long time. It's not like it overnight would, it everybody did. got cable. No, I, didn't, modem. I wasn't saying it happened overnight. I just said no. that's about the time cable modems started to become popular. Right, uh, cable internet, and so it became less and less of a thing. But BitTorrent's still out there. I mean, I've downloaded oh, Linux yeah. with it before, you know? Yep. Yep. Uh, all, those, all those pirates gave it a bad name, though. <laughs> right. Arr. I have downloaded a uh, a TV show episode, or maybe, I don't think it was, um, uh, on uh, Usenet, and that was hard. But the app, once you get all the, like you said, all the files down, and they kind of uh, turn back into a, a binary file. Right. It's kind of amazing. Some yeah. some of the news readers would do that. We use one called NN, mm-hmm. which is not news, which is interesting because or net news. <laughs> if you didn't have any right. news, it would say no news is good news. And if your feed was broken, you're like, but it says no news is good news. That's not good well, news. My feed is broken. How can I tell? It was, it was actually kind of awkward. That actually leads into our next one because you know GNU is uh, GNU is not Linux. So <laughs> GNU is now forty years old. Yeah. Oh, well, kind of, in a way. So in the early 80s, they don't really have an anniversary date on this thing. But mm-hmm. uh, that's when RMS, a.k.a. Richard M. Stallman, was mm-hmm. a fledgling MIT, what was he, uh, an AI laboratory programmer, of all things. And they were having problems with their printer. Uh, it was a Xerox 9700. And he said, I can fix this if I had the source code. Bothered him to no end that he couldn't fix this. So he had right. this vision that if people had source code, they could modify it to solve their problems. And it was kind of born out of that. His his main mission was always to create like an open source Unix. Yes. He never got that far, though. But he did have some major strides. He did take credit for things that he really shouldn't have. Well, a lot of the a lot of the tools and software around Linux really uh is is got this to thank for it you know um because all those little utilities that you use day in and day out all became part of linux although it didn't become part of gnu which i think was he was wanting to make uh a kernel of his own called gnu herd mm-hmm. and it didn't quite come up because linux was becoming so popular and it just kind of took off the yeah, so. the big major rocket for a lot of this stuff was GCC. And I remember when that came out, yeah. I was like, wow, this is faster than the one that Sun sent us or HP sent us. <laughs> it right. actually works better. It was easy to download mm-hmm. things off Usenet and compile them. Go, this is cool. Well, if also if you think about it, I liked I liked his thought process. If I had the source code, I could fix this because it kind of goes hand in hand with uh, being able to fix things on your own, like your phone or whatever, you know, which is yeah, the right to repair in some, thing. in some ways. Yeah. The right to repair in some ways that's been problematic because look at like the iPhone, it's all one piece. You can't replace the battery and things like that. But if I could, I could fix this. Well, same idea with, with GNU. And I love, I loved all this. It in reality, not everything can be open source or we wouldn't have any, you know, we wouldn't no, have no. a job. Cause we, no, I'm not we, saying that. No, yeah. no. Well, uh, also our job relies on a lot of sort, uh, Linux, it's built uh, on, yeah, a lot of open source, open source projects. projects, Yeah, but what our company makes is intellectual property. You of course. can't give that. No, away. I'm not saying everything needs to be open source. I don't believe everything needs to be open source. I think he does. Um, but I don't believe that. However, I think a good, strong showing in the open source community, it makes the world a better place as a. Look at look at all the web. You know, Linux is the leading website server. Uh, look, I, I mean, I spin them up day in and day out. I use Linux all day, every day at work. So um, it makes it change. It makes the the world turn. Does it? Probably. I thought There's probably a little Linux machine in the middle of Earth. <laughs> it's a big crank on top that God has turned. I'll, so. I, you know, I I agree with about with most of what he does, but there's some, some things that he goes a little out there. Yeah, he's he's like a you said, controversial guy. Yeah, a little controversial. 
some things I'm with him, some things I'm not. But um, overall, I think he's uh, he's made a good mark in the world. It's been an interesting 40 years and, and watching mm-hmm. this story continue to unfold. Oh, imagine, you know, imagine the things that you can do for free with software without buying a thing. And so, it's a lot so of it has the hardware. I'm just saying you can do a lot. Oh, right. Or, or, you know, or spin it up a Linode machine for yep. five bucks and you can have it do just about anything you want. Or Raspberry Pi. Retrieving, retrieving email or any of that stuff, you know, or yep. serving a website. Yeah. I love it. All right. Let's give a quick shout out to our patrons. There's music, uh, music back there somewhere. There it is. Okay. Making sure it's playing. Thank you to you. You bring this show to us and to the rest of the people. You help fund this out of the goodness of your own heart for as little as a dollar a show. Craig's already got the URL up there. Thank you very much. Patreon.com slash Technorama Podcast is where people like Alexis Duran, Amber Elstad, Amy Bowen, Abner Braverman, Ben Vaughn, Brian Brown, Chris Martinez, Chris MC, Dan D. Mancoyer, Dean Jensen, Denise Inglis, Gary Lindros, John Clifford, John Noble, Jorgis Rowan, Crazy Joe Adventures, Kyle Nishioka, Leon, Mark Kilfoyle, Brad Miller, Mike Wills, Saturday Morning Media, <gasps> Stephen Weshy, Steve Cody, Steve Therian, Steve Webb, Steve London, and Tim Cook all went. There you go. Yeah. All 28 of them went there and said, yes, this is worth something to me. And in return, their donations are worth something to us. So we create a special episode of Technorama just for them. And when we're out and about, we make postcards and send them to you. And some people who have elevated themselves to the super status get a t-shirt, which we are rapidly working on. We will get that out shortly. In some cases, I might even hand deliver it to some people. (laughs) The The way that my travels are going lately. Okay, let's cut that out. Thank you, everybody. Again, Technorama, excuse me, patreon.com slash Technorama podcast. If you think it's worth it, give us a, give us a little donation. <laughs> give us a hoot. Now, don't I don't know it. why y'all thought you were going to say the hoot. <laughs> Leading you down a path that's been laid down in your brain cells for some time. Okay, yeah. that means it's time for... Pass me the remote. Where Craig and I talk about things that we've watched, we listen to, we've read, just stuff that's on our mind recently. Uh, Donna and I are about 15 minutes shy of wrapping up a show on Netflix called The Irregulars. It's set in the Sherlock Holmes world, although he doesn't really make an appearance until about episode five out of eight. Maybe it was four out of eight. But uh, it's not all about Sherlock Holmes. It's actually this group of kids that are hired oh. by John Watson. To I think I did info. see that. I did see that a while back. It's uh, yeah. actually pretty good. I think it was 2021 when that came out. So we just mm-hmm. got around to it. Uh, having fun watching that. We're just getting to the end. We we you know got the big scene. Now we're kind of in the epilogue. But then I had to come in the studio and make a podcast for you. Oh well. So enjoying it. I very think much. I did remember enjoying that. That's that's yeah. uh, like you said, 2001. So it's been a, a little no bit 2021. You said oh, 2000, I 2001. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, 21. But still, it's been a little while since I've seen it. But I remember uh, seeing it during you know, COVID times, and I was like, oh, I'm going to check that out. Not so your like standard Sherlock. Sherlock Holmes kind of mystery. It's got a supernatural mm-hmm. element to it. Yeah, it does. And I thought I would throw in Futurama, the finale of the latest season. Uh, there is a, still a season to come. Uh, it's already in the in the can, from what I understand. And so I I kind of enjoyed this. Um, what were your thoughts? Did you finish it yet? Is that the one that came out Monday? Yes. What was, that the, was, the, what was the title of that one? Oh, um, it was the one where they went down in the different universes. Um, yes. I remember yes. I, yeah, I did see that one. Yeah. Uh, that was uh, kind of fun. And then some of my uh, some of our friends started getting ideas for cosplay. <laughs> Out of that. <laughs> I got an idea for cosplay on the Star Trek cruise from the latest episode. All the way down. Lo- that was Lower Decks. That's what it was. Lower yeah. Decks had uh, these three betazoids, and one of them put on a hat yeah. that says, It's Romulan Ale Hour Somewhere. 
<laughs> on a hat. So I, I want a hat that says that for the crew. I want one too. That says I, that. I, but, uh, I, you know what? I'm going to make them and sell them on Etsy or something just for the yeah. Star Trek nerds. You know, I'm right. sure I'm getting in all kinds of trouble for that. But mm-hmm. yes, Futurama Probably. has wrapped up their season 11, which is. I enjoyed season 11. I'll, I'll tell you there the, were a couple I, that I'm like, ah, yeah, it didn't really. Yeah. Me out they, well. It was like, um, uh, it was almost like they were getting their footing a little bit more back in under them, you know. Even though the previous ep- uh, seasons, I, or especially the, the later ones, I liked a lot, and then this one was like, okay, it was pretty good. So um, I say overall, I enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, there was a few episodes that were kind of a little weak. So hopefully they'll There's course correct. Still sneaking in that highbrow humor in there as much as they can. This is. What are they got? Like eight PhDs working on this show? It's it's crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, but they don't bury you or make you feel dumb. If you catch them, you catch them. If you don't, you know, it's still funny. Uh, yeah. And sometimes they even go so far as to explain it. But uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's it's a lot of fun from the intellectual level too, as much as the comedy level. Yeah. Didn't they? Didn't they? De- uh, we talked about this before. They they developed cement not for this season. They developed the formula to explain. Some about the globe trotters. Uh, it's when you, yeah, when they were switching bodies and you can't go back yes. to any one of the previous ones, and that was that wasn't like an open math problem that they solved. Yeah, yeah. So, that's pretty. Amazing. I forgot what it was called. They also explained the number seventeen twenty nine. I saw a video on that. Uh, that's on the side of the Nimbus. It appears in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. It's it's what is it the lowest second order number by multiplying two primes. And then they went, let's do the third order. And it was, you know, a much larger number. And let's, yeah. there's actually two of them. There's a video out there that explains it. Just look up like Futurama 1729, you'll find it. And I was oh, going, wow. holy smokes, who figures this stuff out? And they said, is there a fourth yeah. order one? Maybe yeah. we'll find out. But uh, Oh, speaking of Futurama, I'll yeah. throw this in the show notes if I can remember. Um, that our parade group, you know, when we do the cosplay, I don't know if anybody, if you've, Seen a show, you heard her talk about this. Uh, with Dragon Con, we do we end the parade as Futurama characters. And uh, this last year, they featured us on the Dragon Con YouTube channel. Yep. Uh, it was a little clip where they came and interviewed us, and we we're all goofing around. You know, <laughs> I don't know what value it has to society, but it's kind of fun to watch us just goof around and talk and talk to the guy. I posted that um, on LinkedIn. Did you? I, said, yeah. I said, my life isn't all bow ties and service now. This is what I do on it's Labor Day weekend too. with my friends. Uh, yeah. You know, take time to have fun and enjoy life is kind of how I said it. So 1729 yeah. is known as the Hardy Ramanujan number. It is, or a taxi, oh. ta- it's called a taxicab number. After the famous anecdote of the British mathematician G.H. Hardy regarding a hospital visit to the Indian mathematician Srinivasa Ramanujan. And, uh, it, it, it's, it's pretty interesting because that's also the number on, uh, it, it is a taxi number on Futurama, but it's the side number of the Nimbus, you know, because that Brannigan's ship is BP 1729. Yeah. Bender and Flexo both have serial numbers that are the sum of the two cubes, either 12 cubed, which is 1728 and one cubed or 10 cubed, 1000 and nine cubed, which is 1729. <gasps> There's two of them. So if you take 12 cubed and one cubed, you get 1729. If you take 10 cubed and nine cubed, you get 1729. <laughs> See how that goes? Yeah. Uh, in the Farnsworth Parabox episode, one of the universes is universe 1729. And the taxi cab in Bender's Big Score has the number 875. 39319, which is the sum of two positive cubes in three ways. Okay. Instead of in two ways that, so yeah, yeah, really, really insane stuff that these people go through. Like, Hey, let's put that on there and see if somebody figures it out. Yeah. So a lot of fun. And, and, and people do look that up. They go, Oh, what's that? Let me look it up. (laughs) So a lot of Easter eggs in that show. That's kind of why I like it. All right. Uh, are we at the end? We are. Our question of the week yeah. for you this time around is what conspiracy theory is so easily disproved that you don't understand how it's still going? 
And I'm sure uh, a lot of people are going to say flat earth. <laughs> Birds aren't real. The, <laughs> the, the earth is round like a dinner plate. Yeah. As, as Ben and Keith would say. It's also flat. A dinner plate. Uh, conspiracy theories. Here we go. <laughs> Let's see what the, the audience comes back with this. Did you paste that YouTube URL in there for something? Yeah, so I remember to put ah, it in our show okay. Because it ends with yeah. ASS underscore. Okay, that's, <laughs> that's our, that's the video. Oh, ass into the parade. That's the, that's, that's our I a link to our video. I think so. That's, the, Dragon Con did not call that video that. And it's, no, they did not. But no, that's not part of the. It's the, no, that would be in the URL. It's a URL no, parameter. S I E. I'm telling you, that's what, that's what it says to me. Oh, I right. see. You're just making it up. We have a we have we have a shared chat group um, with everybody in the parade, and it's the ass end of the parade. And it went through so, a lot of names until it arrived at that one about two three years ago. Maybe it was even pre COVID. I think it was pre COVID that we named it yes. that, and it just sort of stuck. It well, was, that chat's been going on for a It long was originally time, yeah. the ass end of the parade because we're the last group in the parade. And then Captain America came out and he made that comment like, that's America's ass. So we yeah. called it America's <laughs> ass end of the parade. Yeah. <laughs> that's been the name of the right. chat group for so, years. So it's appropriate that ass is in the YouTube world for this sure. video. Although it doesn't have to be because it's after the question mark. So whatever that's doing there, I don't know. I don't know. Probably giving someone some reference designator thing. All right. Just go with it. That yeah. takes us to the end of the show. We appreciate hey, you giving us There's a conspiracy time. theory right there. That's six. Mm. <laughs> One of those magic things in the URL. That's right. Right. Let's give this thing a buzz and get on out of here. So, if you want to get a hold of us, Craig's going to put up the contact information because the uh, Patreon oh. thing's been up there for like the last We really minutes. want you to support us. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> I did that at church today. We were done singing the song, but I left the song up there. Or no, somebody's comment. No. Somebody's comment. Contact us, 707-530-2428, or you can send us an email, technorama at chuckchat.com. We will get it. We do get it. We still get it. And we may respond. We may read it on the air if it's appropriate, if it doesn't involve anything illegal. Or if you call us. Play. Yeah, we might play it. That voicemail still works. Thank you, everybody, for joining us, listening to us, watching us. And thank you, Craig, for all of the stories and all the help putting this together in the post-production, sure. et cetera, et cetera. Until next time, tell a friend about Technorama and give us a binary high five. And we're out of here. One, zero, one. <laughs>